and welcome to Check It Out at EVPL, a podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Lori. And today, we are joined by Ellen. Hello. It's weird being in the guest position here. (laughs) Well, we're glad to have you. Very glad. So today, I would like to introduce a new segment of the podcast that is a special interest of mine called Today in Evansville History. I'm trying to choose a representative selection of articles that are both lighthearted, but also let you know what was actually going on in Evansville throughout different periods of time. Today, I'm going to go back to 1922, which is 100 years exactly ago. Uh, So it'll be January 31st, 1922. The first thing that I ran across was pretty interesting. It was on page three of the Evansville Press, and it said that the school enrollment was the largest it had ever been, that over 2,000 students were enrolled in two high schools in Evansville. Two high schools. Yes. 2,000 students. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) So I went on the EBSC website because I was curious, like 2,000, I'm pretty sure there's like 2,000 students in just one school at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, So EBSC is the third largest school district in the state of Indiana, and it has enrolled more than 22,000 students and 3,400 employees. Wow. Yeah. They have more employees now than they had students even then. (laughs) They're also up to 40 schools now. And this is all technically just the one school system. Yes. This is all EVSC. There were two high schools. I didn't find how many elementary or middle schools there were, or even if middle schools were really a thing. I don't know yeah. at that point. Because um, I know I don't know when that separation happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting. That's a big difference for 100 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. I, I hopefully, I feel like we've we've moved in the better direction, you know, a lot more employees yes. per student. So, yeah. How many more computers do you think they have now than they did then? <laughs> 100%. Uh, although I do remember my mom talking about computers when she was in high school and the computers... They didn't have one at the school, but she had gone to one of the colleges and seen one. The computers were so big, they took up an entire room. Mm -hmm. And they used punch cards. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to tell your mom that when you were talking about 100-year-old history, you you brought her up. (laughs) Is that a good conversation to have? Uh, She will probably not appreciate it. (laughs) All right. What's our next article? The next article was... A labor trial in Kentucky in Henderson was brought up against the New York Textile Corporation who were charged with violation of the Kentucky Woman's Working Law, which states that a woman couldn't work more than 10 hours a day in a factory or a mill, which is interesting. That's just seems like kind of the same problems still today. Yeah. 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 Glad to know that they were taking it seriously. (laughs) Yes. I thought it was interesting also because the prosecution was attorney F.J. Pentecost, who was very well liked in that time period until he got into some hot water in Henderson, where he actively fought back against the Klan. And they attempted to out him and have him arrested for essentially embezzling, but That was eventually thrown out, and the key witness just refused to corroborate the allegation and actually was killed in an unrelated dispute. Ooh. Mm. That's getting kind of saucy there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The third one is a lot more fun. Um, This was in Martinsville, Indiana on January 1st, 1922, but it was published on the 
31st in the Evansville Journal, Lana's hacker from Plainfield was sentenced to Indiana State Prison for life yesterday, but Judge A.M. Bain suspended the sentence. The man had pleaded guilty to stealing a dog and a feather duster from a farmer living north of Martinsville. It was brought out that Hacker, the man that was arrested, was 48 years old and had already served 22 years in prison. The prosecuting attorney said that Hacker never really stole much anything of value. Whoa. Okay. So, much value. <laughs> yeah, if someone stole my dog, I would argue that point. Yes. Yeah. But is it life imprisonment worthy? If it's Probably my dog. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I my cat is my baby. I get that. I mean, in the heat of the moment, yeah, I would be like, that cat needs to be thrown away forever. But in the grand scheme of things, sure, it, it, life sentence is a little harsh, yes. I guess. I also want to say you skipped over the best part in this. The okay. guy that he stole it from was named Chris Goodnight. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good last name. That's That's a pretty good name. That's almost something that I would expect to see in like... A John Wick movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is Chris Goodnight, and yeah. now, good night. <laughs> so today I thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and just drop some information for our listeners um, that we are doing a new program for reading at EVPL. So our programming team has wanted to answer the question, how many books can Evansville read in a year? So you may have heard of our annual reading uh, summer reading program. Uh, we do it every year, and it's to kind of prevent that slide that happens with children whenever they're out of school and not reading as much to just really help promote them reading and keep, keep them up to date with that. Uh, so this year, throughout 2022, readers of all ages can help us by tracking their reading each month. We're actually extending the reading program year-long, and it will be our first year-long annual reading challenge with monthly trackers that can be picked up at any EVPL location or printed from evpl.org. To participate, you just need to read and track the titles that you read throughout the month on your printed out tracker and then drop off the slip of the bottom slip of it to any EVPL location at the end of that month. Every EVPL location will have a monthly drawing for each age group and you'll win all sorts of fun prizes. Uh, Books can be from any collection and can be audio or digital format. Now, you can also track your reading in Beanstack, right? I believe so. I'm not sure if that's official for this or not, because I didn't see it online, but I know we do offer it. For the summer reading program, that's the way we were doing it, but I think for this, for the first annual one, I think they mainly want to do the printed out trackers. So it'll be a little bit different from what you're used to. Which I did find interesting while reading into this, that we have been doing the summer reading program for about 100 years. That's a long time. That's that's a very long time. That's longer than my history segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do love the summer reading program. That was a big part of my childhood. I was always excited every summer that we could do the summer reading. I was big into the bingo cards. That's what oh, yeah. was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was so exciting. We got free ice cream. What was your favorite prize? Probably the ice cream. <laughs> it's hard to get ice cream. is a very good prize. Yes. I always like the book bags. Mm-hmm. Getting a new book bag in the summer when you sign up for summer reading was always a highlight for me. Yes. And it pushed me to read things that I wouldn't normally read, especially with the bingo setup, because it would say, like, read a nonfiction book. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not something I would normally, at that age, pick out to read. So spread my horizons a little bit. Did you guys ever do Book It? 
You got to get the pan pizzas. Yeah. yeah that was, uh, it, yeah. It's motivating me through food is definitely the best option. Yeah. Even to this day, if you just dangle like a <laughs> carrot in front of me. Okay. So since we are all reading so much for this annual reading challenge, do you guys have any books you are looking forward to coming out this year? I do. I have been looking forward to Electra by Jennifer Saint. She wrote the book Ariadne that came out this last year, and I really enjoyed that. It's part of a it's part of a project I think that she is working on, or at least a trend that is pretty popular right now of retellings of classic Greek stories. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Which I'm super into Greek mythology, so I'm looking forward to that. The only other big one I can think of off the top of my head is like Song of Achilles. Which was a great book. Yeah. Uh, the same author has written another book called Circe that retells mm-hmm. that story through Circe's perspective. There is also Women of Troy and Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker, um, A Thousand Ships by Natalie Haynes, and Penelopead, I probably did not pronounce that correctly, <laughs> by Margaret Atwood. Um, but there are a ton of books about Greek mythology retellings right now. It's a very popular topic. And if you want a whole episode of that, like I have a whole Goodreads <laughs> list. Okay, we can do this. <laughs> I haven't gone with uh, any any reading or uh, of Greek mythology recently, but mm-hmm. the one that sticks out in my head is the uh, – did you guys ever watch The Wishbone Show? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, his, his, I think it was a two-parter where the, he does the Odyssey. Oh. <laughs> and like he, they have the little dog that shoots the bow and arrow at one point. <laughs> Anytime I think Greek mythology, I go to Wishbone. It's great. It's adorable. For me, um, my my reading in 2022 or what I'm looking forward to is basically the same as every year because I am following uh, the Game of Thrones uh, series as well as The Name of the Wind. Uh, and both authors have been putting off their next book for years and years. I think George R. R. Martin is going on eight years or something at this point, maybe even longer. I Yeah, it might be longer. I want to say it's close to an actual decade at this point. I, I know Patrick Rothfuss is a, at a decade for yeah. the next one in the name of the wind. So I'm still hopeful. Um, maybe they'll come <laughs> out in 2022 and I'll get to enjoy them. You uh, sweet summer child. <laughs> 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 that book is never coming out. One, one day, okay. When I'm old and gray, I'm gonna cuddle up and just and just read my, what I've been waiting for. Uh, other than that, I think I'm just probably gonna go read whatever San, uh, Brandon Sanderson writes. He's always pumping stuff out, and uh, yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of his. Uh, and then I might go revisit some old classics like uh, the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Sorry, I'm a giant science fiction nerd, so these are all science fiction. But that's uh, Stephen Erickson. I'm right there with you on books that may not come out because my most anticipated one is the sequel to Ninth House by Leah Bardugo. Uh, she's also the one, the woman who wrote Shadow and Bone, mm-hmm. which oh, okay. is the big Netflix thing. Yeah, which, she does a lot of YA, doesn't she? Yes, Ninth House is actually her not YA thing. It is okay. like an adult fiction. It's really dark, Ooh. and it is about the secret societies of Yale. And, like, what if all these secret societies were so secret because they actually do occult magics? Ooh, okay. But the the first book came out in 2019. The second book might be out this year, might not. Who knows? Yeah. Fingers crossed. But in the creepy realm, there's another book coming out, which we don't know a whole lot about. um, But it's called How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. And I am very much looking forward to that. So Grady Hendrix also wrote uh, The Southern Book Club guide to slain vampires and my best friend's exorcism which are two fantastic books 
Didn't he also write uh, the Final Girls Support Club? Yes. And I think it's called like 50 Paperbacks from Hell. Yeah. Where he goes through the art from old horror books from the 80s and 70s. Okay. I love all of those titles too. They're great. <laughs> They're so funny too. Like I did not expect to enjoy the Southern Book Club's Guide to Va- Slain Vampires as much as I did. When I started reading it, I thought, oh, okay, like it's going to be Buffy basically. <laughs> um, no, it's a bunch of suburbanite moms in the 80s that are just trying to make life work. While slaying vampires. <laughs> okay, that may be the push I finally need to read one of his books. <laughs> I definitely recommend them. They're very fun. So they are creepy, but they have a lot of fun elements too. Now we've talked about uh, the books that we might be reading for 2022. Is there any uh, other kind of media that you're looking forward to? There is one movie that I have been looking forward to so much. Um, there's actually two. One of them is called The Northman, and that is by Robert Eggers, who is the same director that did The Witch and The Lighthouse. So he is very into that creepy, historic settings. And it's going to have Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor-Joy, who was the lead character in The Witch. Um, it's an epic revenge thriller, and I'm excited about that. I also can't wait to watch one of my favorite actors, Nicolas Cage, sink his teeth into the unbearable weight of massive talent, where he's essentially just playing himself. Doesn't he always just kind of play himself? Or I guess he acts like himself in every movie. He's not necessarily playing the game. There are certain things he does in every movie, yeah. He's very influenced by German expressionist actors Mm -hmm. from the silent film era, and that is not really a thing that you see a lot of inspiration come from in modern films. I will defend Nick Cage until I die. Oh, I... I I've had this debate with my wife too, and we we it, you know it's the whole is he a good actor or is he just terrible? And I am starting to get swayed, honestly. <laughs> it's more that my she holds the camp that he's terrible, but I'm my friends have convinced me. So I'm a firm believer that he is only as good as his director. Mm. So if he has a good director, he's gonna be good in the film but if he has a director that isn't so strong or maybe he doesn't have enough time to prepare for it like i'm sorry jujitsu was a terrible movie (laughs) um (laughs) not even nick cage could save it so i think it to a degree you know he can only live up to the director and and the script i just don't see how you can say he only plays himself when he clearly did such a good job portraying ben gates as the history fanatic in uh national treasure I mean, he he owned a Tyrannosaurus Rex skull at one point. He did. So he that did. might be an aspect of his personality normally. He also had to give it back, though, because it was stolen. So <laughs> That is also a part of the story. It was stolen? Yes. It was stolen from somewhere in China, I believe. Oh. Yeah, he had to give it back. He didn't know it was stolen from what I understand. Okay. But or was he the one that stole it, National Treasure style? He oh. could have. Mm. Oh, just, so he was just playing. Himself, <laughs> is what you're saying. That's, that's my my suggestion. I'm just going to go ahead and toss that out. <laughs> he also owned a first edition of Superman, 
the first Superman. I don't remember the title of it, um, but it was stolen and it took him years to get it back. So maybe that's where he got the inspiration for National Treasure from. From hunting down his comic book? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spider-Man or Superman. It'll be interesting to see if, if any of our listeners started drinking game based on how many times we talk about Nick Cage in an episode. Because I feel like it's going to be, it's, it's going to happen. I apologize. I have a minor obsession. <laughs> I mean, we all have to have something, right? He's just so interesting. When we were doing the auditions, I think it came up with like every single pair that did it, too. <laughs> so there's something going on there. I mean, you weren't in every single uh, audition. Yes. So, okay. Also, I have a tendency. I just love things that are over the top. That's so, fair. Yeah. The more ridiculous it is, the more fun it is, in my opinion. Like, I really enjoyed Nicolas Cage's last movie, uh, The Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which you can watch from EBPL. Uh, <laughs> and it's a, how do I describe it? It is a American horror samurai western. What? Those are words. <laughs> so it's an American cast for the main characters in Japan in a western setting. And it's a horror movie, if that makes sense. My my brain broke. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense, actually. I may try to watch it, but it does not make sense. Basically, the plot of it is the big bad's granddaughter has been kidnapped, and he essentially just kidnaps Cage as well and tells him to go find his granddaughter. But in order to ensure that he's going to do it, he straps a bunch of explosives to him. Huh. <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's the plot. <laughs> All right, then. Just, just give that to him and just say, go. <laughs> uh, that makes me think of that terrible movie that came out on Netflix, Red Notice. Oh, I haven't watched that one. Oh, it's it's really good. Um, I think it's only on Netflix, though. I don't think you can get it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds are the main three. Yes, I've seen the preview now that you brought that up. Yeah, and it is like... Every cheesy heist cliche that you can possibly imagine and then some. I'd probably love oh. it. Oh, you would. <laughs> is it over the top? It's so over the top. Okay. It is. Now, you're, uh, now you're talking. I, I watched it one night because we didn't, we're just like, oh, let's watch something new and exciting. And it's like, oh, we both like Ryan Reynolds mm -hmm. and The Rock and Gal Gadot. This is going to be great. Yeah. It was an event. <laughs> I don't know if it was a good one or a bad one, but it happened. I think there was talk of a sequel, and then there was very quickly not talk of a sequel, but I'm not 100% sure which way it ended up. I will do better about trying not to sneak certain actors into every episode now. <laughs> you follow your heart, all right, Lori? You're, you're fun, so we're just going to go with it. I am just now realizing that my movie list for the year is all superhero movies. Hey, nothing wrong with that. They're popular for a reason. Yeah. So first on my list is Thor Love and Thunder, which comes out in July. And uh, I'm very excited. We will be seeing both Valkyrie and Korg. Okay. From uh, Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. So those are two characters that are coming back. And I love both of them very much. I did really like the last Thor movie, the one that was like 80s. Yeah, style. yeah, that was really fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, between that and uh, the portrayal of the character in Endgame, I absolutely fell in love with Thor, and he's definitely my favorite Avenger. I really enjoyed his gladiator battle with the Hulk. That was fun. <laughs> uh, 
Tika Waikiki is the one who plays Korg. Korg okay. was the giant, like, rock monster. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Everyone loves that character. No one remembers <laughs> the name. He's also the director. Yeah. <laughs> And Which, then Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is just super cool. Yeah. While we're on the Taika Waititi uh, train, have you seen what we do in the shadows? Yes. That, I finally that, watched that's that one on of his. Canopy through EVPL. Yeah. That's one of his and he acts in it too. Mm-hmm. I am watching the TV show of what we do in the shadows right now. Ooh, how are you liking it? I haven't actually uh, dipped my toes in that yet. It's pretty fun. I enjoy it. It's ridiculous. Which... <laughs> <laughs> is on par for the course. I mean, it's New Zealand vampires. Yeah. I am convinced, however, that Guillermo in What We Do in the Shadows is actually just a written representative of Guillermo del Toro as well. <laughs> the same name. They look similar. They're I, both obsessed with vampires. Yeah. I mean, I could see him being a vampire in real life. So after Thor, we also have Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. That was such a good movie. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't yeah. know what else to say. It's just the perfect Spider-Man movie. I loved the attention to the art that they mm-hmm. did at that movie. Like you can see the influence of the old fashioned comics with like the color blocks and the ink dots and stuff like that. It was just yeah. really impressive. Yeah. I'm I'm just here like all starry eyed over the Spider-Verse. <laughs> the biggest smile right now. It's so good. I also love Gwen Stacy, and so like seeing animated Gwen Stacy just be so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, was great. That yes. was that was a big part of the movie for me. I love the voice acting in, in the Spider-Verse. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. And how can you forget Spider Pig? I mean yeah. <laughs> Um It is it is not Spider Pig. Oh, it is spider ham. Excuse me. Because that's the joke. <laughs> uh, who who did the voice of Noir? Uh, or the, Nick the... Cage. Yep, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was trying I was to not like, mention it. <laughs> I thought he was in there somewhere, and I'm pretty sure that's where it was. In fact, I had read that a bunch of the outtakes of his, they were going to publish them because they were funny lines that he had said that didn't make it into the film but then on retrospect they couldn't include them because they weren't child appropriate (laughs) yeah yeah. that that movie is pg right (laughs) i think so yeah Uh, I also, I had just, we, uh, me and my wife had just finished watching uh, New Girl, which is a sitcom with uh, Zoe Deschanel. But uh, the love interest in it, I am blanking on the actor's name, but he's the voice of the older Spider-Man, that the mentor one. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know that. And I was just like listening to him like, why do I know this voice the entire <laughs> movie? And then I'm like, all right, I just got to Google it. I'm like, ah, it's mm-hmm. Nick from New Girl. There's another movie coming out in 2022 that I'm looking forward to. It's kind of not going to be a blockbuster, I don't think. Um, it's coming out on in Sundance. So it's one of those indie type films. Uh, but it's called You Won't Be Alone. And it is a co-produced horror film. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. Because they also have multiple actresses playing the same character. So it's about a young witch who's left to go feral in the woods, and she accidentally kills a peasant in the village and then takes on that peasant's shape to see what life is like in her skin. So I think she's just going to bounce from person to person trying to figure out what it really means to be human. Okay. I mean, the the skin changer kind of horror movie 
they don't really have many of those. And I no. I like the concept, actually. Mm-hmm. I think there is an old Stephen King short story. I still haven't been able to find it. It's in one of his compilations that I read in high school. But it's it's about werewolves that are getting hunted by something that wants to take their skin, essentially, and take over their bodies. And it's fascinating. And I've always liked that, uh, that mm-hmm. horror uh, monster, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Uh, I know that Wendigos are typically known for take or for walking or appearing as human even though they aren't well they start as human again bringing up del toro again he had recently put out his movie antlers um which i just watched a couple days ago it was pretty decent the visual element was much stronger than the story but it was still a good movie I'm like really excited for our October episodes now because they're going to be so much fun because I think every single one of us is a huge Halloween fan. I think so. Yeah. I typically actually take the week of Halloween as vacation. So we'll have to record ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just start recording them now? Maybe Ellen, come on. Just have a horror podcast. I mean, you guys can go for that. I'm not a horror person. <laughs> so you're just talking like beyond me right now. You can do the sci-fi element. Okay, yeah. Well, and Ryan's into sci-fi. So you yeah. can talk about there's, sci-fi. There's a fantasy elephant elephant. There's a fantasy element to Halloween as well. I would also okay. see an ele- fantasy elephant. <laughs> fantasy elephant, yes. <laughs> the Oliphants. <laughs> Uh, before we get too far away from movies, though, I do want to say my uh, last most anticipated movie of the year is definitely Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Did you guys know that one's coming out this year? I had heard. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm trying to really avoid spoilers for that because I went into Black Panther pretty blind. And so I'm really looking forward to doing that again. But the things I have seen, a lot of the casting crew say that it's kind of an, an homage to Chadwick Boseman. Okay. That's um, awesome. And that they're not going to be uh, doing like virtual doubles or anything. It's just going to be the story as best they can. Good. I don't like that idea of putting a person that's not around anymore in a film that they didn't necessarily agree to be in. Yeah. But the the world they created in the first one was just like so rich and so like well done and bright that I'm stoked for the second one. <laughs> awesome. So are you excited about the Morbius movie that's coming out? I'm going to take that as a no. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Morbius or is it Jared Leto? Uh, I don't know. I'm weirdly selective about superhero movies, I feel like. Okay. I like a lot of the main ones. And then um, I like a lot of the comics that are probably never going to be made into movies, like uh, Moon Girl. Yeah, I understand that. So... Yeah, I am a big fan of Swamp Thing. And while he has appeared in multiple movies and even a TV show, it's never good. So <laughs> I've been trying to hunt down uh, the, the we have a, the Swamp Thing in our collection mm-hmm. of graphic novels. But the that's like the reboot or something. There's an older one. The though. Alan Moore run. Yeah. Yes, it is like the iconic yeah, that's, swamp thing. <laughs> that's what I've been looking for. Um, we used to have it in this in the stacks. I'm, I guess they must have withdrawn it at some point. Maybe. That's sad. Do we have it through like Hoopla or anything? I am not sure. I'll have to do some research. But Alan Moore, that run is the one that influenced the first Swamp Thing movies, which are not great, but better <laughs> than most of the other ones. You could probably get the Omnibus through Interlibrary Loan. That's definitely an option. Yeah. Oh, The Saga of Swamp Thing, Alan Moore, DC Comics. Yep, so you can find that one on Hoopla. All right, I'll have to go grab it. Let me know 
what you think of it. I've I've heard I've uh, I've got a couple people that are pretty passionate about it, and they, mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. <laughs> it's a bit weird. I enjoy it. Yes, weird, but there's very strong emotional elements that I hear. Yes. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So before we can get to all those great movies and books that are coming out this year, we do have a little bit of business that everyone needs to get to. Unfortunately, we do have to be adults. But thankfully, the library is here to help us with that. Tax Aid is once again back at the library, run by AARP volunteers. Anyone in Vanderburg County can register to have your taxes done for free here at the library. Now, they do require appointments. There are no walk-ins. There are no waiting lists. And it is first come, first serve. You can register for your appointment online through our events calendar. Or you can give us a call or stop by in person and make an appointment with someone at any of our information desks. Appointments start on February 4th and run through April 13th. Appointments will be held at Oakland, Central, Red Bank, and North Park. Each location has different days and times available, so be sure to check for the one that works best for you. And we will help you get your taxes done. If you do schedule an appointment for tax aid here at the library, please make sure that you are on time, that you have all your relevant tax information for the year, your picture ID, and that you are wearing a mask for your entire appointment. And while you're on our evpl.org program and events page, uh, you may registering for tax aid, you may notice that we've got a couple of things going on throughout our branches for the month of February. Or actually, the first two weeks, uh, we've got a scavenger hunt happening at North Park. Um, that's actually the first week of February. And then also at Oak Lynn, uh, they're going to have a Chinese New Year activities, which is February 1st, if anyone wanted to know. Uh, but they will be doing activities the entire uh, week, first week of February as well. Uh, we also have a canvas paint party at North Park, and this is going to be on February 5th from 2 to 4. Again, all of this information is on our events and programs page at evpl.org. There's a craft your heart party at EVPL Oakland on the February 5th as well. And then we're celebrating Mo Willems Week, the second week of February, where uh, EVPL Oakland is going to have all sorts of crafts and uh, games throughout the week kind of celebrating the author. Where would we be without Mo Willems? We, um, we would be pigeonless. We would be piggyless. We would be elephantless. Black Panther 2, uh, Wakanda Forever is coming out this year. We had mentioned that earlier. And we're actually having a Chadwick Boseman tribute movie day over at Oakland. And that would be on February 12th. Did you guys know that I keep a Black Panther cutout on my desk? I did not. Yeah, It is the uh, Scotty Young uh, Baby Avengers version. So it's like a little cartoonish (laughs) baby Black Panther. And he just sits on my desk greeting everyone who walks by. That's cute. All right. And then that, that's pretty much the non-standard events. Uh, every every week we've always got story times, dance parties all throughout the branches, uh, which every single one of those is listed on our website as well. And our virtual events can also be found through our Facebook or YouTube pages. Even if they have already happened, you can go back and watch ones that you may have missed since they are recorded. What is the last book that you finished? So it's it was hard to think of because it's not it's my first large graphic novel that I ever finished, which okay. was Saga. That was a great yeah. graphic novel. That was that is phenomenal. coming back at the end of this month. Ooh. I am thrilled now that I know that. I am so upset that you did not have to wait the like two <laughs> years between the last episode and this one because oh my gosh, the drama of that wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
He's already it's said he's like a George months. Martin fan. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting long enough, lady. So the last book that I read is a new book that we have here at EVPL called She Kills Me, The True Story of History's Deadliest Women. Just a little snippet on each of the different women telling what they did and why they did it. And it was interesting. Don't emulate these people, though. I was going to say you get some ideas, Lori. Get better heroes. <laughs> I like that the last book I finished is kind of in between both of yours because I read a graphic novel memoir called Huda FRU, <laughs> uh, which is about a uh, Islam woman named Huda Fami. And she is also the author of Yes, I'm Hot in This. And it is a coming of age story of her coming to terms with her religion and personality and all the kind of different aspects that define her. And it is a very good read and she is very funny. So before I finished She Kills Me, I did finish a graphic novel called Did You Hear What Eddie Gein Done by Harold Schechter? And Eric Powell. Um, and that was a really good book. It was just a graphic novel telling of who Ed Gein was, what he did. He was a killer. There's a debate about whether or not he was a serial killer. But he did inspire Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho. And it was a very good book about that story without being exploitative or putting him on any sort of pedestal, which is something that I try and look for when I read true crime. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to sign off, but it has been great visiting with you. So... If you have any ideas or any topics that you would like us to talk about here on the podcast, please email us at podcast at evpl.org. We also love fan mail. Oh, yes. Boost our egos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're waiting on me to say something. (laughs) You're the last one. Well, yeah, I thought you were all saying bye or something. And now you're allowed to say bye, too. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Have a great day. (laughs) 